Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Today's episode of the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast comes in association with Nutmeg, the Scottish Football Periodical. The subscription-only quarterly publication is filled with top-quality writers, great articles, and fascinating stories about the beautiful game in Scotland. Get your subscription at www.nutmegmagazine.co.uk. Ryan Edwards' Hearts career and Roger Mitchell's Twitter account. Just a few of the things we'd like to leave behind in 2018. <laughs> Happy New Year, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Terrace Scottish Football Podcast. I'm your host, Craig Cairns, and joining me to chuck out the old and welcome in the new as we trundle into 2019. Is that how you say it? That's oh, right. I don't think so. Is everyone going to call it 2019, then? <laughs> you guys win. There's two gorgeous specimens. You've already heard them. One of them is Andy Harrell. Ah, yeah. And the other one is Tom Watt. Hello. And on today's show, since it's the winter break, and since uh, it's been a few, fair few days since the last round of fixtures, we're just going to do some festive period winners and losers. Would anybody like to kick us off? Uh, well, yeah, I guess. Um, one of the obvious ones is Stephen Gerrard, if we're going to go straight into the old firm chat. Um, yeah, he was obviously one of the, the big winners from the, the holiday season. Mainly, obviously, because of the fact that he tactically bettered Brendan Rodgers, which nobody's really managed to do very often uh, since Rodgers has come in. Um, and just the fact that Rangers were so dominant over that old firm game, to pretty much everyone's surprise that they managed to control the whole game from, from start to finish. Um, Celtic never really got a look in. So, and I think it, it showed that Gerard can be kind of considered a... I said, 
proper manager. I guess there's, a, you know, he's his first proper job. This one, he's done a decent job so far up to now. Um, but I think all the time he's shown that he's kind of learning and adapting, and I think that's one of the big um, tests of a manager is that you can adapt and that you learn from your mistakes. You get so many managers that are poor because they make the same prop they have the same problems every time, they never do anything to rectify it. Whereas Gerard you know, Rangers got hammered by Celtic one uh, 0 earlier in the season and he effectively identified what the problems were, um, managed to stop Celtic and um controlled the, the whole game. So that that was one of the things and also the fact that he's shown that they still need reinforcements. So I guess we've had that news today about Defoe um, but they managed to get a healthy number of points over that period while still showing they were pretty short in a few areas, especially up front. Whether Defoe's the answer to that, I don't know, but but they've obviously backed them. I mean, I think they had they had a really interesting December and had it gone the way I think certainly the bookies expected it to go and, and had they dropped points, it, it would have been seen as a kind of disastrous December, really. You know, they dropped points twice to Hibs. Uh, I can't remember who the other one was, but they, they they dropped points four times had they not had they not been something. Lost Aberdeen. They lost Aberdeen. Yeah, that was the other one. Yeah, <laughs> we um, <avoid> that one. <laughs> um, but it was the first time that there was a real pressure game for him, and he they didn't just win; they were dominant. They should have won by more, and they looked. It's the first time. I think with the exception of the Hearts game when Celtic went to the races and the Hearts just took them apart, mm-hmm. um, where it looked like Celtic just had a, a real off day and, Celtic, and the Hearts were excellent. It was the first time uh, since Rodgers has been here when someone has outsmarted him, outthought him, outfought him. Uh, and as a result of that one win and so soon after that, it looks like Rangers are move, making moves in the transfer market um, for for whether he's going to be great or not, an, an exciting player that people know about that will give them an option, different sort of player to they've got at the moment. Uh, it's looking like they've had a very good six weeks, even though they, they did drop some points. Yeah. The, the kind of PR, the spin, the, the feel-good factor is definitely with them as opposed to any of the other teams. Yeah, but the, the optics, once, once you get into the old firm game, that's really all anyone remembers after a while, isn't it? They don't yeah. remember the draws to Hibs and whatever else. Yeah. If you've kept in touch with Celtic and you've won that big game. He has been outsmarted a couple of times before in Scotland. Um, it's the first time by a Rangers manager and a few have come and gone in that time. Um, I totally agree with you, about um, Andy, about the, how dominant um, Rangers were. I mean, you can maybe expect that a bit at the start, they're at home, mm-hmm. um, all that kind of thing. The kind of you, you build up some momentum early in the game, and it, you, you just see how long that lasts for. But you felt that you felt that there was always going to be a period when Celtic came into the game, mm-hmm. and it, it just didn't come. It just didn't come. Yeah, it was like the. I thought it was going to end up, and I suppose I've got a few people probably thought it was going to end up like the three-two game last season, where Rangers did look good for. Quite yeah, a big game, spells of that, I guess, at the, the start. Traps, yeah. yeah, yeah. But Celtic had the kind of quality and, and Rangers weren't able to, to keep them quiet and it just didn't happen. I mean, that was partly due to Celtic's failings and Rogers got things wrong in terms of team selection um, and also just they didn't play well, the, the guys they had in the team. But it was surprising how they managed for pretty much the whole 90 minutes. I mean, Celtic didn't... I think they went 60 minutes... Without having a shot on target, I think they went from about the sixth minute and they had a couple of chances very early game. on, and then barely had yeah, anything yeah, after, that. after that. They had the McGregor one that was chopped yeah. off, um, 
rightfully so. Mm. But um, yeah, I mean, that's another discussion. McGregor at left back. When you take the player who was the catalyst of him moving into the centre in place of Scott Brown. I'm not saying don't play Scott mm. Brown, but taking Callum McGregor at the centre of that midfield when he's been maybe your best player this season certainly changed the dynamic of that midfield when he was moved into the centre at the expense of Brown. And I thought it was a weird decision to play him at left back. Play Hayes at left back or something like that, well, and keep keep your strong strong. You're already yeah. missing Rogic, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, it was kind of. Strange. I mean, Cham and Brown aren't bad players, and no. they've dominated many games before, so maybe it doesn't seem like that crazy a decision. But but yeah. it's not really fitting in with how Rogers has picked his teams up till now, and this the way Rogers has kind of done it is that if somebody's playing well, they've actually he's kept them in the team. So when Christie had a good run of games, he kept him in. He didn't drop him at the first sign of Brown and Cham being fit. Same with McGregor, same with Armstrong previously, same with Forrest has been in. But that was a kind of rare time where he's obviously worried more about actually that left-back position than he was about the midfield. And I guess there's enough evidence of Brown and Cham turning up to games that he thought he could. It, the least damage was going to be caused by having those guys in and putting McGregor at left-back. But you saw from that one time when Christie and McGregor combined what Celtic had been missing for the, the rest of the game and, and Brown was so off the pace anyway yeah. well, that's, that's what, what I don't understand is, I mean, he's even got it's not like it's distant evidence The at the start of the season Celtic didn't have any fluency they really struggled to get they, like, they weren't getting anything from Sinclair they weren't getting anything from um, they weren't moving the ball back and forward quick enough you, Cham you, just after Dembele left as well was there not a few weeks after Dembele left that Cham just mm-hmm. didn't seem up to it they as just, well and something wasn't clicking and since when they when they put McGregor in the in the middle, put him like you know, kind of sitting um, that role, which I thought he'd made his own. I mean, it looked like he was. It wasn't just going to be for club. It looked like yep. that was yep. where that you know uh-huh. that's the next player to hold that role for for Scotland. It totally changed the dynamic of the team because he was he's so much quicker over the ground. He was making just, attacking his, his, his passes. His first thought is to turn and go forward, whereas Brown's and he's much, always available. And there's a place for a player like that. But yeah, McGregor is much more turn on the ball drive forward, find a pass, something like that. And it just, I don't understand what the thinking was. As you say, you know, there there were other options at left back. I think to some extent, Scott Brown's immediate demise has been overstated and he'll still be fine. a couple of years ago. Yeah, exactly. I think, and it was probably, he's only relatively recently back from injury and it just wasn't that sort of game where, where he was going to be effective and the shams off the boil as well. It just compounded it. I mean, it, it made him look like far 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 worse than the, the player that he is he'll be fine in the next couple of months but it just seemed such a bizarre decision um i mean i've got him down as having a particularly bad christmas period but it was basically off the back of one game which will live long in the memory at, just because he looked he looked silly yeah yeah there was there was one i think there was one point where the the ball kind of came loose out it was attacking in the second half and the ball came loose and it kind of broke out just past the edge of the rangers box and it looked like a 50-50 between Brown and whoever it was from Rangers. Uh, it might have been um, Kent, actually. I think it was Kent. And Brown just looked so slow. Like It, it kind of made a 50-50 look a kind of 70-30. Um, yeah, looked- I mean, he, he, has, he has always looked prone against pace. Like, always. For, you know, for, for as long as, for as long as I can remember. I mean, I, I can, the, the example that I've, I've remember several times um, in the Scottish Cup game um, a couple of years back 
Aberdeen against uh, Southwick and Peter Pollitt making making him look silly just because his only thought was to take a touch and knock it past him, and he kept getting booked and he kept and then a couple of weeks later in the league. Same thing happened, and Scott Brown. I think he fouled Paul at nine times in one game, and eventually got, you know, eventually got a second booking. And you know, he's not was by no stretch a world beater. It was just pace up against him directly has always caused him a problem. That was part of his problem in that game. But the game, it, it wasn't just the the pace of it was passing him by. He he didn't seem to be able to control anything the way that he usually does, and he looked so much. Worse because of the because of what Cal McGregor has offered them in recent weeks. It just looks so much more dynamic and so much more to his game. Whether that's actually true or not, I, I'm not totally convinced. I mean, Scott Brown obviously still has an awful lot to offer, but he looked so far off the pace because of how Celtic have been playing in recent weeks, when they've almost given up worrying too much about the defence because they just know that they can pile forward and they've got so many forward options, runners and and confusing opposition players. I had uh, I had one more winner from this game and then we should move on before we break the old firm forty nine percent rule. Um, <laughs> April my winner was Andy Halliday specifically. Mm-hmm. April sixteenth of last year, he had just been substituted off during the four nil semi final against Celtic. The Celtic fans were singing his name. It looked like with uh, Marty going and Gerard coming in that it might have been the end of Halliday's Rangers career. He's hung he's hung around been a bit of a bit part player and then in more recent times he's become a bit more of a, a, I don't know, a well-used squad player, mm-hmm. something along those lines, filling in on a couple of different positions and he was given the stadium man of the match in this game. Don't agree myself, I thought uh, Kent was excellent, I thought Jack was excellent, McCrory was very good as well but um, it was a nice bit of trolling I thought from the <laughs> from whether it was the sponsors or whether it was some the uh, the Rangers hierarchy or something, it was it was a good decision to give. Halliday, the, the man of the match, I thought. Oh, yeah, and he's got Gerard calling him his unofficial captain after the game. <laughs> right, shall we move on to, um, from one derby to another? My next, my next day winner was Peter Haring. Because he's just played with a hernia for two and a half months. <laughs> <laughs> and helped keep that crumbling hearts team together. Um, and I thought the derby just epitomised how good he's been for Hearts, uh, how, why Levine has been so reluctant when we've had... Um, our, our central defence has been decimated this season and he's uh, Levine's resisted moving Haring back to central defence barring one game, which I think was Aberdeen, a back three against Aberdeen, played Haring. Uh, but other than that, um, he's kept him in centre midfield because, and, and again, you saw it, Hearts' tactics was to go not... Not predominantly, or not, um, sorry, not um, exclusively, but they were going long towards a short striker. And it was like the, they weren't expecting the first ball to stick. They were expecting to get men up and support and um, and win second balls. And that's one of the, that's one of Haring's strengths this season. He's just been fantastic at it. And he broke down with about an hour gone in the end of the game, was taken off. And I thought, like, well, that could have happened. Five, six, seven, eight <laughs> games ago. So I think we've done pretty well. And uh, yeah, bravo, Peter Hanning. Yeah, just in the same game, I had uh, Clever Dicamora actually. Um, the last time I saw him, and the last time anyone saw him, was that Livingston game where Hart fell to pieces. And he didn't look, I mean, he was awful. And he'd looked, I hadn't been convinced with him at any point when I'd actually seen him. Um, but he came in for the Hibs game and he looked. 
he looked okay. Like he looked fine, and also so who was, the, who was the game he came on as Rangers. That was it. Rangers, yeah, yeah, you said. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah uh, it was awful, man. Uh, and uh, yeah, I mean, against against Hibs, he was he was fine. He was pretty solid. Hibs were and uh, come. Uh, he was Losers great considering him, he wasn't fit. Yes, well, that was the thing. He was, he was a bit like the guy from Monty Python, the guy that t- <laughs> but a scratch guy because he was he had about two or three different injuries he seemed to be carrying for the, the course of the second half. Um, but generally, defensively, obviously, Berra's the the main driving force in that defence, and he was very good. But it's kind of very easy to just say that Berra has been a winner because he's. He's easily the easy answer, but I thought Deacon Munner was was pretty decent, um, and at least it gives a bit of a sense for Levine that he might be able to call him and, and rely on him a wee bit more than he's maybe done up till now. Um, I've nominated the two challengers that are not Rangers and Celtic. Um, I think Kamara and Aberdeen and even Hearts. I mean, you could, there's only three points further back, and they don't seem to be being talked about in the same sentence, given how punishing December was. Um, only be a point and three points back and the way the fixtures are as soon as they come uh, you know come back at the end of the month um it does seem slightly different to previous years when only one other team was like challenging in inverted commas even then Aberdeen were what 16 points behind at this point uh, last season yeah I mean that. at different points in the last couple of years they've been they've been I mean, at one maybe three or four years ago, I think they were on, they were top at the start of January. But it was a head to head, and if you lose all four games, mm-hmm. as they did, um, not in that season, but it, you know, as they frequently did, you're going to always be making up points. I think what both Kamarik and Aberdeen have shown, and both of them in December only lost to Celtic. Um, they're the top two in the form table in terms of the points of the last six matches. Uh, and this league will be sli- I mean, I, I think we will probably see this. I, I hunches Celtic will still edge it, but I think this where this season is different is they don't just have to be putting together a run against eleven teams and then they raise their game for the one and put has it's been Aberdeen in the last few seasons in their place and then you know go on to win at a canter. This season, any time they drop points, it. it Someone else is coming, and credit to uh, both the the um, the other challengers. I think uh, Killy to to hang in there, and um, they start at home to Rangers at this uh, in a couple of weeks' time, which will be a cracking game. Just to, to finish um, this the the calendar year as the form oh, team in the yeah. Premiership, so I think I think the table they'd be top of the table if. You did it on games played, but Celtic would be two games behind or something like that. But still, that's if they that could doesn't be, matter. That's yeah. an incredible achievement. If they could beat Hamilton, they would be top of the league. <laughs> uh, it's um, yeah, incredible, incredible December. Um, and given how punishing the, the schedule has been for both of them, I think both teams were kind of down to the bare bones at the end of it. Um, so I think they've both had very, very good December's. Aberdeen scored half their season goals in the last six games and managed to get another £150,000 for Jaden Stockley, <laughs> which was quite a result. Uh, did he move on? So is that a, yeah, he's a, a sell-on fee. Who from, did he sign for? He has signed for Preston. Oh, okay. oh yeah. Somebody it's mentioned like that the other day. He's like, he's basically because Louis <laughs> Moult's not scored it. Yeah. So bizarrely... So it interesting to see who he ends up at in well, Scotland. Yeah. <laughs> 
It would be a very strange bit of business if Derek McInnes has long fancied Louis Moulton's yeah, fans a couple times. So it's have got uh, far too many strikers. I mean, there's not many clubs that would uh, be able to afford But then again, maybe Moulton's not even thinking about no, it. No. to Scotland. It would just be a nice little bit of symmetry if Jaden Stockley was <laughs> the make way in there. You, no, sorry, you the, talk the, about Aberdeen um, scoring, what was, his, what was the stat you gave? Half, the seasons, half their season's total in the last six games. And most of them have been strikers. So Wilson yeah. got a double in the last game. Cosgrove is all of a sudden starting to find the net May scoring penalties penalties yes he's uh, <laughs> prolific from the spot um, yeah and he's getting quite a few assists yeah, yeah he's, he's been playing really well I mean the, the last the last couple of games he was really putting himself about and and if he would just try slightly less hard at finishing, he, I'm sure he'd be absolutely yeah. fine um, he's just had so many one-on-ones I know it's, who was the one where he went oh god it was, it was at Pataudry and he had two in the game it was that weekend of really atrocious weather that we had. Just a was couple. It li- of, was it the Livingston midweek maybe. game? Oh, was it the midweek game? It was the Livingston I midweek game that, is, that he that he like he 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 turned his man inside out twice and went through on goal one on one. All he needed to Kelly, do was Kelly, but he, he put it right at Kelly. Just hit him. Kelly was already on the on the ground, and there was Kelly was a small target given the whole goal he had to aim at. And <laughs> just, it was just thought, like, God, this guy is never going <laughs> to score from open play again. Yeah, no, I think the the big. The the big thing has been the the younger players that have come in. Um, I mean, McLennan was good. Dean Campbell. I don't know whether the goal's been credited to him or not. Um, the first Aberdeen player to score it was born in the twenty first century, okay. which is terrifying. And we don't have a we don't have a dubious goals panel up here to kind of clarify no, that no, and officially make him. I'm not the... sure. <laughs> but so the the kids have the kids have kind of really stepped up while there's been a, a lengthy injury list. But yeah, the two of the. Two kind of challengers seem to, outside of Rangers and Celtic, seem to be making it, uh, making a real fit of it. And like I say, Hearts are only three points further back. And with players coming in, suddenly you do have a pretty tough fixture list for anyone who's going to want to win the league. You're going to win the, whoever wins the league will win it with significantly fewer points than it has in the last five years. Yeah, I I think that is. I mean, I had Aberdeen and Kelly as well, unsurprisingly. But I I think you're right. I think that fact that there's so many more difficult games. For, I mean, it's for everyone, I guess, but but it's always hard for Hearts and Aberdeen or whoever's challenging to kind of keep that level up against everyone because there's such a smaller gap between them. But but yeah, I think it will make it interesting. For, and I think something we've obviously found that this season that they just can't turn up and expect to win games like they maybe have it sometimes in the, in the last few seasons. Um, it'll be interesting for Aberdeen if they don't bring anyone in in January, whether or not this form from Cosgrove especially is a... A blip, or or it's or it's actually, you know, he'll be able to continue that form for the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. He never, to be honest, he never looked like it uh, up until he started banging them in. He looked like the kind of guy who you would play up front and expect maybe a few goals over the season, and he would he would help play people in a wee bit more. But he looked like the centre back thrown up. Front. <laughs> it's, honestly, it's the strangest. I, I don't. I've never seen anyone like it because. He didn't really look like a footballer yeah. until December, <laughs> and is suddenly the second top scorer. Yeah, but he did that job in the way that, like, he could. If you're not expecting him to get a goal, that he can kind of put his body about and and hassle defenders a wee bit. But but yeah, it suddenly, for whatever reason, it seems to be uh, it seems to be clicking into gear. I think they probably do still need if they could get Moult or somebody at that level, and especially with Bruce Anderson, he's out for three months, isn't he now? So oh really? Yeah, that's a bit of a. Well, I know he wasn't maybe being used quite as much as some fans maybe would have wanted. McInnes did seem still. quite reluctant to use yeah, him, yeah. Yeah, but 
Yeah. Uh, any other? I've got um, Tommy Wright has been a winner. Uh, I think St. Johnson had, especially over the sort of period from about the 23rd of December, um, a couple of decent wins. Maybe wins they'd expect to win against St. Mirren and Dundee. But one of but, those made it. I don't know if I'm. You go on, and I'll add after in case I'm stealing your stack. No, no, go for it. I don't have a stack. I was going to say that's that. The latest victory I think made it six away victories on in a row or something like that. Yeah, which is a. I think that's a first time in years and years. I can't remember exactly. Or or Celtic are the only other team. Oh, I can't remember. Yeah. There's another stat beyond it, but yeah, we're sitting around the one good stat. But so, you know, it was a couple of very good results, kept a couple of clean sheets, they are looking pretty solid defensively again, even the Rangers game that they lost, they were the better team in the first half, and if they could actually put their chances away, they, would have, they could have been out of sight in that game, um, as it was, <coughs> they, they kind of let Rangers back into it in the second half, and uh, didn't manage to get anything out of it, but also the fact that Tommy Wright signed a new contract that earlier in December that keeps him there till 2022, gives him a bit of... Um, Power, you'd think. I, I wouldn't have thought he would have signed something if he wasn't going to be getting some funds for players because that seems to be the thing that Tommy Wright constantly complains about is not getting the support. To... Well, there has been rumours in the past about the relationship not being great between yeah. the management and the board, and yeah, like you say, that that kind of that would suggest that things are a bit better now, yeah. or they're learning to work together, or well, yeah. they have learned to work together for all this time. But you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, as I said in a Previous year, not so long ago, it looked like it was getting a bit stale for for right for a while, and he's he's really rejuvenated it this year, um, it and was, made them fun, yeah, has, which yeah. is weird <laughs> <laughs> because there was, there was a period where it was looking like he either should have taken one of the jobs, mm. maybe he was regretting not taking one of the jobs that came up or something like that. I mean, to be fair, the only concrete one was Dundee United. They look like they could perpetually be in the championship now. But so, yeah, I mean, it, but it did look like all wasn't well at St Johnston, and it's it's really been rejuvenated there. Yeah, like you say, they're fun now. They've got more dynamic players. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 age of the squad's been reduced. All those kind of things. Yeah, and they're, they're a bit unlucky in the fact that everyone else has turned out to be, or so many teams have turned out to have quite good seasons as well. Mm-hmm. That otherwise, they would be. You'd be kind of thinking them as having a really great season, and as it is, they're sort of fl- flitting around the top six when actually they could have been comfortable the thing. in it. You can that the league has been absolutely amazing this season because you can be second or you can be top or third or something like that, and then two defeats later you're yeah. six or seventh or something. I mean, it happened to Livingston. I mean, all of a sudden, Livingston were kind of <laughs> riding high, and we thought, oh, are they going to be? Um, are they going to be in in the mix for a European spot yeah. at the end or something? And then two, three uh, results later, and all of a sudden they're sitting there. I think they've kind of hovered between sixth and seventh since, haven't they? But even then, they're still not that far away from a lot of the teams uh, near the top of the table. Yeah. Do we have any more? I mean, we've focused a lot on the top of the table. So how about, I didn't write this one down, but since this happened uh, between me taking notes and us coming on the show, Adam Hamill leaving St Mirren would make St Mirren quite a big loser because there was a point where he was involved in seven of eight of their goals, a stretch of eight of their goals. He was involved either scoring or assisting seven of them. And um, there's not many other goals in that team. It is January. It is a wage freed up, so they can get other players in. But 
With McIntyre starting to show signs of life at Dundee, it's it's looking a bit ominous for some of them. It's it's easy to say you can bring folk in, but when you're losing somebody who's been such an influential part of creating and scoring chances, then it doesn't make that easy bringing in somebody who's going to um, replace them. So, I that makes and, and they didn't have a good Christmas anyway. I mean, their form wasn't particularly good over that period. So, yeah, you would be worried about them. I mean, I've, I've got Dundee as a loser as well. For the reason that they got one point over that period, which was a nil-nil draw against Levy. Don't look like scoring, get easily beaten by St. Johnson. Um, Calvin Miller, who was okay in patches, he was one of the occasional positive points from Dundee. He's gone back to Celtic, so you kind of look at them and think, I'm not quite sure where they go and what they need. I know they've obviously lost a few people in January already, but I'm not quite sure where they go and Again, it might depend on who they can bring in over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I mean, I think on on Hamill that like he had four, I think he had four goals and four assists in his short St. Mirren career, and you wouldn't bet on their finishing them then finishing the season with any one player with more than mm. four assists. Certainly, Simeon Jackson I think has got three goals, but I would not be at all surprised if no one gets more than him this season. And if they stay up, he'll have done as 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 much as anyone to to kind of help them along the way with the. In the short time he's been there, um, but a big loss, and it's going to be very hard for them to replace him. Uh, actually, I, I had Hamilton because of how bad Dundee and St Mirren have been. Hamilton have not <laughs> managed to pull away from them, and I, I know that we almost it seems like every time I'm on it on the pod, I say something, make a joke about how Hamilton always find a way of, of staying up. The difficulty I think they do have this season is Dundee and St Mirren will invest. They will find money Dundee from somewhere. Will. Yeah, and Martin Can was saying a couple of weeks ago, you know, it would be nice to be able to pull, play, you know, pull players out from somewhere, and make some signings. It's not like the guys that, particularly St. Mirren, you know, and the, uh, Anton Ferdinand and Adam Hamill, wasn't like these guys weren't available. Um, I don't know if finances dictated otherwise, but it's not like like they have had a budget. They have brought players in, and they've not managed to kick on, and they've not. Given, I think, certainly both Dundee and St Mirren are in the top five worst sides I've seen in the SPFL years in the top top flight. Um, I think it's pretty damning of that Hamilton have not managed to pull away from them in in any way, shape, or form. And it looks like Motherwell are more than comfortable yeah. sitting just above there, and it's between those three. And you would fancy whoever finishes in the bottom two is going to have a tough. A, a, well, whoever finishes 11th is going to have a very tough ask for whoever's coming up from the championship because it looks like there's five or six sides there at the moment that are better than uh, better than whoever's. In I, th- I think it's fair enough saying that Hamilton are losers and they, they they should have done a better job of picking up more points and pulling away a bit, um, given how poor they are. Because I think, um, yeah, I totally agree that St Mirren team is is really poor. I think Kearney's actually done a decent job um, recruiting outside the transfer window. I think he's done okay. Uh, obviously Hamill where would they be without Hamill Ferdinand's had his uses um, I, I think they've done okay uh, Jackson I think Jackson looks like he's got something about him he hasn't quite kicked off I, I thought he showed early signs where he looked like he was going to be decent sign he's been he's been very patchy but he's shown something so I think Kearney's done about as well as he could have given the state of the squad that he inherited and um, the low ebb they were at and um, the fact that it was outside Outside a transfer window, on Hamilton, 
I mean, you're reluctant to say it because they always do survive. But I mean, it's got to happen at some point. I'm not saying it's going to be this season, but it's got to happen at some point. They're not going to be in the, they're not going to be in the Premiership forever. Um, and you just think that if Dundee or St Mirren can get their shit together, then there's there's a good opportunity for them to get out of this after such a terrible start to the season. Yeah, I mean, it's like the, the old adage of you don't need to be faster than the other. You don't need to be faster than the lion. You just need to be faster than the other guy. And that two other guys are terrible, yeah. incredibly slow. Well, they've got like one leg and you know crawling along. So Hamilton don't need to do an awful lot to be better than Dundee and St Mirren, but vice versa. And at the moment, I just think the ones more likely to find a cat, a kind of player to be the catalyst for their season, or it, it, well, it's not Hamilton, but. They always find a way. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had, had Hibbs as another loser, and specifically Flo Camberry, uh, who seemed to spend the whole Christmas period getting um, castigated by Neil Lennon for being fat and lazy. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, Just I mean, the season. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, they were. The, the Derby was one of those games where there wasn't much in it, to be honest. Hearts won it with a really good goal, but. Either side could have, if anyone was going to win it, it was going to be either a scrappy goal like that or a, a belter like um, Ollie Lee scored. They were okay, but they just looked so uh, flat up front. Uh, they're obviously missing Boyle, who's now injured, so that's not really helped their cause, him being away in international duty. McLaren's away and has never has, hasn't really fired yet. Um, Shaw is inconsistent, um, kind of misses good chances. Um, and they can bury who just looks a shadow of the guy that was here last season and it's strange the fact that McLaren and Camberry are both struggled I mean I know there's been some struggles with injury as well over the course of the season but the fact that it's it's interesting and it's not the first time obviously Lennon's done it but that he's had a go at his main striker and talked about bringing in additional players is how about the whole squad this yeah. time he said that um, he's never known an injury situation like it he says he's only only two players from his entire first team squad have stayed fit the whole season. Everybody else has had an injury. And he's asking for players to be more robust. And I wonder, I mean, sometimes you can just get unlucky with a spate of injuries. Like Hearts, for instance. Um, it's just it's just a coincidence that so many players are, are, are picked up injuries for five, six months at a time. I think Lennon's talking more, sorry, less about long-term injuries and more about kind of niggling injuries yeah. and stuff. And I don't know whether he's questioning whether players want to play or not. If he's talking about players, sometimes you pick up a knock and you just kind of play on anyway, or you know what I mean? You kind of play through the pain, or I wonder whether he's annoyed that some players not doing that rather than, and, 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 you know what I mean, saying they're injured and not fancying it or yeah. something along those I mean, lines. I, whatever it is, it's not good. I mean, either players have legitimate injuries and they're picking up like little niggles here and there and... It's meaning they're not available to play and you're questioning that and that's not great or you're suggesting that for whatever reason players are downing tillers and skiving off in which case that's kind of a cultural thing and you need to address that you know the one way or another the buck does kind of have to stop with him there um and he's put that squad together they they he got lots of plaudits for the way that they played last season and you know when we looked at the the similarly to where Kilmarnock were um, over the points, total points gained in 2018, Hibs were right up there, which is a testament to how well they did uh, between January and, and May because they've been 
kind of lukewarm at best this uh, this season. Um, but so I think I do think that if he's questioning that, then he does need to have a look at what what's going on out with the sort of traditional man management. Um, what's the culture like? Are players just not happy? Or is there unrest there somewhere? Because it does seem like there has been a number of players that should have been able to step up to fill uh, fill particular roles uh, or, or have shown at various points throughout the last year that they were more than capable of playing at this level that are not. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I do think he does need to sort of, whatever the outcome of that 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 kind of comment, either he has to look at himself or, or he need, does need to kind of say that, this is just unlucky. Yeah, I mean, it's Lennon's quite interesting from the outside. I think he's one of these guys that, when things are going well, he's quite a spiky guy. But it's sort of an enjoyable spikiness when things are going well, and he kind of enjoys noising up journalists and other uh, managers, and maybe that helps um, foster a bit of team spirit. But whenever things aren't going well, it, it kind of looks so much more negative. The way that he does it, he, he's comes out and criticises players when things are not going well fairly regularly. He's not shy, certainly, to do it. Um, and he's done it even when things are going all right at Hibs. He's, he's, he's come in and done it. And I think you do... I mean, I'm entirely from an outside point of view, but it sometimes feels a bit like that is when things aren't going well, he's not necessarily the type of person who's going to be good at lifting that culture. And maybe there's other people in the dressing room or the management team that, that do that. And maybe he does it behind the scenes. I don't know. But from the outside, he doesn't necessarily come across as the type of guy who will go, right, let's pull our socks up and we'll get back to it. And, and, you know, and maybe he's just come to the end of his tether. Maybe he's tried all the stuff around being mo- mo- molly coddling them and being softly, softly with them and it's not worked. And maybe that's why he's coming out and criticising. But it's when you're... So you brought in McLaren and Camberry and I can't imagine that would have been cheap to, to get these Camberry guys was in. a couple hundred grand, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's interesting that you're then asking, or you're, I don't know whether it is asking at the board, but certainly publicly in um, interviews talking about needing to maybe bring some extra players in. He might just be doing it to give Look, these guys a kick up the, the arse, but if if he's not, then it doesn't say much for the fact that, I mean, are the, are the Hibs board going to want to fund him when they've given him this money and actually it's turned out he's not been able to... Well, he's, he, had a, he, was, he was talking about how... At the start of last summer, he was talking about how he might not stay around because he had mm. such a big rebuild mm. to 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 do. He, he knew he was losing his midfield trio, basically, that his team was built around. Um, and Caberi's loan was coming to an end. I think McLaren was only on loan as well. Yeah. So he, he was talking about in the start of the summer that he had a huge rebuilding job, whether that was a message to the board or whatever. And now he seems as like he's back to square one. Hasn't really sorted out the midfield. And now Heinemann's away back. It looks like uh, Ambrose is going to leave, or Ambrose is trying to get out, uh, exercise a clause, and yeah, like you pointed out, he's, he's not getting. He has got his two strikers back, but he's not getting enough out of them. So it, yeah, it looks like he he he's back to square one and needs to uh, rebuild again. I mean, I think that lo- said, they're not that far away. We've no, been talking about no, the league, no, no, and if no, they're no. good to sort the shit out over the the winter break, a couple of wins and they're right back in the. They're mix. they're not that they're not that far off, and they did get two draws against Rangers, and yeah. uh, you know. And they had their opportunities and, and, and both, yeah, and they, and they beat Celtic. They, they've, they've just not won since they beat Celtic. No, I, I, I think. I mean, again, complete outsider and have no knowledge of anything. But the, the occasionally taking ownership of when things have gone wrong would not hurt 
yes. from from yeah, yeah, yeah. from like persevering persevering in several games with the back three when it just didn't look like the personnel were there, not just in the defence but at full back and in the midfield, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there just wasn't the players that were it wasn't working. Persevering with that and not going, you know, right, that's on me. Yeah. Well, it was, it was the fact like he, he, it was the fact he brought Gary Parker in to do all the interviews for a while. You know that period when it looked yeah, like that was going weeks. badly, and yeah. it looked like he was kind of making noises about wanting to leave and stuff. And then, it, yeah, you're right; he didn't front up about it at all. And what he's done now is fronted up, but he's kind of complaining about the players rather mm. than. I mean, he's not the most conventional manager. No. Sometimes, yeah. uh, in a positive way, sometimes to his detriment, but. He's one of the most entertaining men yeah, in Scottish yeah, football. Right. So yeah. He gave us the moment of 2018 when <laughs> he pulled out that aeroplane at the end of the 5 5. Uh, yeah, so fair play to him. Should we do a couple of lower league ones, or has anybody got a Premiership one they're desperate to get in before? I, I mean, I was going to go there and go with the compliance officer. <laughs> can we save that for the Patreon? Yeah, we can save that for the Patreon. Okay, let's that's go gonna, with that. That's gonna come <laughs> um, lower league ones, um, Aloha. Oh, yes, I've got Aloha too. Good going. Cool. Um, <laughs> From looking like they were kind of going to be a hard luck story, who were just not there to make make up the numbers, but were you know they, they were comp- not getting results. exactly yeah. you know they they every single week seemed to be like, well done, Alawa, you only got beaten three <laughs> one, um, and they've kind of seemed to have not completely turned the corner, but they've picked up I think eight points from the last six games. They're now unbeaten in four. Unbeaten in four. They scored two goals in each of those games, and they're looking significantly better than both Falkirk and Partick Thistle, mm-hmm. which has to be the only real aim for the season. Um, Who are making desperation signings? Yes, oh, absolutely. like and desperate, like cutting squads, and you know, it seems to be yeah. Every... Stephen Saunders is not going to save your season. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I think from uh, what I've seen today, I think all Partick Thistle fans know that's the case. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll carry on from that. I, I saw them uh, beat Queen of the South a couple of weeks ago. They were really good. They they they've narrowed the pitch again, um, but um, they've got a few handy players. Zanata uh, was you were talking about being a hard luck story. The start of the season, he was he was moved kind of between left wing and up front, and he really was uh, pretty unlucky in front of goal. He's found his scoring boots recently. They have uh, Flanagan, Ian Flanagan in the centre of the park, who's a, a fantastic little playmaker. Um, they've got, I mean, Hasty's going back to Motherwell, but he's been decent for them. And then they've got the likes of Collie and Troughton, who aren't going to, um, they, they aren't going to turn in nine, ten out of ten performances every week, but they'll, they'll give you something. Uh, Troughton especially has has uh, done pretty well for them this season. And then they've got a decent. A decent uh, centre half pairing. Uh, Graham is a very good centre half at that level, and uh, Roscoe they've got on loan from Aberdeen, who uh, who looks who looks pretty good, tall, a bit gangly, but he, look, he looks pretty good. And uh, they've got Neil Parry, who's a, a decent goalkeeper. And that game against Queen of the South he, uh, was a good example of um, of how good he's been for them this season. And actually, I don't know if it was an Aloha fan account or whether it was the official Aloha Twitter account, but they released a compilation of the saves that he's made across December. And yeah, he's he's had a pretty good month. But yeah, I um been quite impressed with Aloha this season. They've they've hung in there. I can't remember how many. I might have it written down here, but there was 
they went a certain amount of games without winning at the start of the season. They picked up three or four draws and they kind of they stayed. Mm. They were level on points or there or thereabouts with Falkirk for quite a bit. Or I think no, there were a few points ahead until Falkirk got their first win because I think Falkirk were zero points for quite a while, weren't yeah, they? Yeah. And then uh, yeah, over the last few weeks they've they've started to put a bit of distance between themselves and Thistle. And uh, yeah, five points ahead of Thistle. Six points ahead of Falkirk. Uh, yeah, they're looking really good. And they, they seem to have a real knack of picking good young managers, don't they? Yeah. Goodwin looks like he's next one who's going to go on and be a, be quite an impressive manager somewhere else, I think, anyway. Yeah, yeah, I think it's fine. I mean, you've, Dumbarton have shown that you can get by in the championship if you've got a decent core of players at part-time level. Um, and then you've, you rely on the fact there's a couple of car crash full-time teams, which <laughs> seems to be the case this season. Um so yeah, I know. And when they were losing, they were losing narrowly. Like they never looked like they were getting battered by any they team. They lost by it? more than in the league. They lost by more than two goals once, and that was three uh, 0 there. Yeah. So so they were never. They've never been getting scalped. No, and I think it might. You would, you'd always worry that that's going to be your high point. That actually you're you're going through the season and you're only just narrowly losing, but. They, they they always looked like they had a slightly higher ceiling than that, um, given, like you said, the players that they had. Um, and I was just going to try and have a look at it there, but I feel like they've always feel like they've got a pretty decent record against Dundee United. So if they could play them for the rest of the season, yeah, just looking at it, <laughs> played them five times yeah, already, and they haven't lost. Oh no, they're sorry, they lost one lost of them once. four two. Yeah, yeah, but three draws. Yeah, I felt like every time I was doing stuff on a weekend, they would be drawing one all. It seemed like it happened all the time with Dundee United. But yeah, um, and Zanat is a decent, uh, you know. Rovers had him and he, he was like a kind of standard winger type. He was a bit flaky now and again, but he looked like he he's a, a decent player to have now and again just to kind of stretch defences. Did Hearts not recall him and then yeah. send them back yeah. and he wasn't quite the same? Yeah, yeah I'm pretty sure that happened. Probably yeah, don't do this to, to Zanata this time. I know, I know, just leave I know, him I know, be. I, I don't imagine they'll bother on this thing, to be honest. I can't see him. Because it was just there was a big injury crisis, unsurprisingly, at Hearts last season. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would, I wouldn't mind Alwa going staying up also because it would be funny because it would mean Falkirk and and or Partick Thistle probably dropping down. Right, another team that might drop down, but from League One is uh, Standard Smear, who have not had a very good festive period. They were beaten most recently, but no, sorry, they were they drew most recently with uh, Dumbarton. Before that, they lost to East Fife and Montrose. It's not been really that great for Colin McMenamin. Since he took over as caretaker, since become permanent, um, they won against Falkirk. Uh, I mean, that's. I mean, if you're a Stenny fan, you'd probably be happy. With just that it doesn't matter how the rest of the season goes. If you put four past Falkirk and beat them, I, mean, I don't. Maybe I'm being a bit patronising there, but uh, it seems like it seems like the type of result that you can kind of. I mean, make a make a bad season good, yeah. and um, but since Colin McMenamin has taken over, he's had that one. Um, Excellent result, but he's only had one win in the league since they've uh, they've lost, they've drawn one and lost five or something along those lines. Um, they are losing Peyton. He's gone back to Ross County now, um, and even if you just look at the highlights of their most recent game against Dumbarton, he was involved in both goals. He scored the first one, terrible bit of goalkeeping, but still he scored the first one, heavily involved in the second one, uh, and it just shows you. His strengths getting the ball and, and, and running at the at the opposition. Um but yeah, it's looking a bit ominous ominous for them now because there was a period not too long ago where the league was really, really tight. I can't remember exactly what it was like, but outside the top three there was something like 
six, seven points separating the rest of them or something like that. Every team, it was Montrose and Stenny at the bottom at that point, and uh, they had both still picked up 12 points or something like that, where every other league, you had somebody on zero points. It, it was something along those lines, but they've they've kind of stayed down there since, and everybody else, apart from Brecon, has uh, started to pick up points. And now they, they, remain, they remain joint bottom of Brecon. Who have four wins in 2018. Yeah, and yeah, they started the season not too bad. Like, I think they started poorly, and then they got up to about third or fourth at one point, and then they just dropped like a stone. Uh, yeah, they got, a, they got a little bounce from Smith coming in, I think. Did he not win 4-0 or something? And then I think they got tanked the week after. Oh, they got pumped out the cup by Aloha the week after, and I don't think they've not been, they've not been the same since. But they signed, who did they sign today? Robertson. Scott Robertson has come out of retirement to sign for Brecon, so maybe all is well. Has <laughs> <laughs> anybody got any other lower league ones? Uh, I mean, I might as well, since we're here, mention about Rovers managing to beat our growth in the big game. That kind of if we, if Rovers had lost that, the chances of finishing top were pretty much non-existent. Um, managed to win it. Um, and do pretty well <laughs> only then subsequently lose 2-1 at home uh, East Fife <laughs> so, losing at home for the first time yeah. in God knows how long yeah and East Fife as well who, to East Fife and that's you uh, haven't beaten this season no and I, in the record previously yes there was a 2-2 at Starts Park Hill in the season as well and the record against East Fife before that had been I think they'd beaten us in about 30 years or something but <laughs> Really smashing all the records this season, so so I think I think we're done. Uh, I mean, I know we're going up to the our both one on Saturday, so that'll be interesting to see. Hopefully, Brechin do us a favour, but I, I, to be honest, I don't think it'll make much of a difference either way now. But so our both yeah, dropped points again. They came from behind the yes, draw against yeah, Montrose, yeah. but um, Wraith couldn't take advantage of yeah. it. Um, that uh, you mentioned it there, but that Wraith East Fife game, the uh, Methyl uh, East Fife Wraith game, I should say, that again was one of the one of the moments of 2018. I think the um, I mean maybe not so much for you being yeah, a Wraith fan, yeah. but for it being so long, just if anybody hasn't watched the highlights in that game. <laughs> go watch them they're so good there's like there's a guy in the crowd that uh, the Wraith fans are going absolutely mental I think it's is it the second goal so Brett Long gets booked twice for both goals yes right, this yeah. is East Fife goalkeeper yeah, yeah, yeah. this yeah, is for yeah, celebrating yeah, right, after right, East Fife goals so yeah. the equaliser he gets booked the winner which I think's the last minute or something like yeah. that he gets booked again for celebrating in front of the, the Wraith Rovers fans and then as he's leaving the pitch it's just bedlam and the, the small kind of corner of East Fife, uh, sorry, Wraith Rovers fans that you can see, it's just bedlam. One picks up a chair at one point, <laughs> <laughs> it looks like he's going to throw a chair. It's just, uh, yeah, if you haven't seen the end of those highlights, um, uh, watch them, they're absolutely they're absolutely amazing. Um, but yeah, Wraith, so, I mean, even if Wraith had won that game, would the title race have been back on? I mean, it, possibly, but... Probably not. I mean, the, the forms. There's a. There's a. Haven't really seen much of Wraith this season for for reasons. But from speaking to a lot of the guys that are going to watch the games or from going on the forum, it, it's a mental thing. And I saw it last season when I was at games. There's some sort of mental issue. It's not to do with them not being good players. It's really got nothing to do with whether they're full time or part time. There's some sort of mental issue, especially away from home and now the worrying things it's starting to affect us at home as well. But where previously at home we seem to be able to grind it out and get a, a two 0 win or a three one win or whatever else. Defences were maybe sitting back a wee bit and letting us play whereas 
away from home teams who are more willing to go at us. And there seemed to be some expectation that we would still be able to win the game in a sort of second gear, and that's obviously proved not to be the case. And now there seems to be just a mental block about going away from home and picking up results. So it's pretty amazing that our both have got on the run that they've got. And but then, and maybe that's surprising. But then Air went on a really good run last season. So if you're going to win the league, you have to expect to win almost all your games. Uh, just to be sure, I mean, I thought we probably would this season, to be honest, and it's not happened. And I thought McGlynn coming in would make a difference, and it did briefly, um, but injuries have kind of affected us as they've done uh, did last season as well. But no, I think we're I think we're done. It, it's not impossible, um, and our both could once they get closer to winning it, they might start to choke a wee bit. But I'd be very surprised. I think most Rovers fans would be very surprised if there was anything other than another playoff defeat ahead of us. <laughs> there is a title race in League Two, however, and this is going to be my last one. Uh, I have Blair Henderson specifically, but um, you're talking about a title race there and talking about how um, some some years uh, in some divisions you have to win most of your games to, to do it. And it looks like that's going to be the case between... Edinburgh City and Peterhead at the moment it just looks like who's who's going to blink first really um, Edinburgh City dropped a couple of points uh, in the last game there they, they threw away a two goal lead to an 88th minute or something like that um, against Berwick uh, and now I think they're three points ahead of Peterhead but with having played the game more so yeah it looks like um, it just it looks like that game is oh god Totally losing it here, right? Just they're going for blow for blow at the moment. It'll be interesting to see which one kind of blinks first and which one pulls away. But like I said, I was going for Blair Henderson specifically. I think I might have had Blair Henderson as a winner before somewhere in one of our uh, winners and losers patrons or something. But he's up to twenty six goals for the season now. He scored six in his last four, eleven in his last ten, uh, and yeah, of course he, he set his, he set his target at twenty at the start of the season. He looks like he, he looks like he could double that this season. He's just uh, I've been really impressed every time I've seen him. Last time I saw him was against Elgin. He scored a hat trick, and he, um, I know he just he can score lots of different goals. He's strong in the air. He's quite a tall guy. Um, he's got a good first touch as well. He he's very clever and kind of hiding on the blind side of a defender as balls come in and or, or through balls come in things like that. Um, I've just been yeah, just been really impressed with him. Um, he was a. He was a kind of run-of-the-mill lower league striker, wasn't he? I mean, he's still fairly young. I think he's yeah, 24 yeah. years old or something. But he's really stepped up a, a gear this season. And it'll be yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he and Edinburgh City go for the rest of the season. Anyone else? Anyone else? We're going to leave it there. Mm-hmm. We're about time anyway. So, yeah, that's it for Thursday's Terra Scottish Football Podcast, our final festive one. I think we're back to usual from next week, Monday, Thursday shows. Um, you can get in touch with us with all the usual channels in the meantime if you want to email us it's terracepodcast at gmail.com and we're going to go do the Patreon now if you haven't subscribed go do that now and you can listen to us talk about we're going to give some New Year's resolutions not for ourselves but for people from around Scottish football and then we're going to talk about some of the things beyond football that we're looking forward to um, throughout 2019 and That means all that's left to do is to say goodbye. Bye. Bye. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. 
You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.